We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, folks, what's good? We are back. Uh, Another episode, Ain't No Seats podcast, and we're still... I don't know. I think you guys would agree we are very much riding high off the natty. I'm still just fully obsessed with all and any content I can find. It's just, I mean, we said it last episode. Part of the most, like, the most fun part of the natty is the week after where you're just seeing all the interviews, seeing all the content, all the videos, parade videos, things like that. It's been a blast. It's been great. This episode today... Is going to be, we're just going to run it back. We're going to talk our top 10 favorite moments from the tournament run. Now, this could vary. This could be a single play, or this could be a kind of a long moment, a sequence, you know. So we'll get creative with it. We'll, we'll try and see what we can put out there. And I don't know. It'll be fun to just relive things. Maybe there's things you guys have all forgotten. There were certainly things I had forgotten when we were trying to put this list together. So. It was an incredible run to the title. B-turn, it's now been a week, um, over a week. How, uh, I don't know, how, how, how are you still feeling from the Hawks winning a natty? I'm feeling great. I feel like it, I don't know, sometimes it takes a little bit to hit you. Like, did we actually win the natty? But trying to get as much, con- trying to watch as much content as I can, just because yeah. we talked about it, it's, it's so hard to win. And you never know when the next one could be, so plenty of time uh looking on youtube and looking on twitter just finding videos obviously of the parade and just the second half of the game in new orleans like so much fun and memories that we'll always remember yeah it uh it is weird like it it was obviously amazing monday night when it happened it it hits you but then like i don't know there'll be moments where i'm just like driving down the street and i'm like oh my god we won the natty (laughs) like i just forget and it's like uh, absolutely incredible. AB, you got anything before we hop into the list? No, I'm ready to do this. You know I love the ship. Countdown, <laughs> brackets, that's my forte, so I'm ready to uh, roll. All right, well, let's get rolling. Uh, we're going to start with number 10, you know, pretty pretty simple one, but the Ochai lob against Providence late in the second half was the reason it stuck out to me was one that was kind of an ugly game if you guys remember it was gross we weren't feeling great we there were a point we were down one late in the game providence went zone which always kind of scares you late and bill self just does what bill self does draws up a lob ochai dunks all over providence and from there i I, b turn i think we kind of agreed before the show 
that's kind of the moment it felt like, okay, we survived. This game's over. We're going to the Elite Eight. Am I right? Yeah, for sure. And you could kind of feel that inside the United Center, like just took all the pressure off. Like you could just feel like a sigh of relief almost. And it's one of those lobs where you can just see it coming from like Bill Self lobs. You can see coming from a mile away. I was sitting in that corner and you see uh, Oach go baseline, catch it high, dunk it home. And yeah, that was it obviously made us feel a lot more comfortable about that game. Like you said, they took the lead there late and we blew kind of a big lead. But yeah, yeah that's that kind of put the icing in the cake, that lob to Oach. AB, did we? I don't. I think it did put the eye. Like I think it did dagger it. But I feel like we still made it a little interesting. But we're gonna pretend we. I don't know. Do you remember the end of that game at all, AB? No, honestly, the only thing I remember about that moment is it's like it was like the only time of the second half or really the game that we showed emotion in your basement watching it. Yeah, it Dude, was just such like a boring, just slugfest just to watch, and it was so slow, and people were missing shots left and right. And then it got tight, and we felt like one of those KU choke jobs, and then the dunk happened, and like you guys said, it was just it was ball game from there. Yeah, it really is one of the few moments that stands out from that game. It's one of the more unforgettable tournament games ever, so let's not waste a bunch of time on it. Let's move on down to number nine. B-turn, what you got? Yeah, so number nine, um, Remy's performance, obviously, against Creighton in the second round. I feel like that first-half performance really – I mean, I'm not going to say we were going to lose, but really helped us get past the first weekend and – we everyone really struggled in the first half and we talked about McDermott's game plan in that second round where he basically had his whole team backing off our point guards and Remy came out hit two threes in a row was getting to the rim finishing hit some like turnaround mid-range uh jumpers so yeah we ended up having the lead at half and Remy was obviously a massive reason we were even winning there at halftime yeah I mean I I feel like that Remy performance, the reason it's because Remy was good against Texas Southern. He was good in the Big 12 tournament. But for for whatever reason, I was like not fully convinced Remy was going to be as good as he was until that game against Creighton. Because then you just started to see him making shots, the ability to just take over a game when we were struggling because, boy, were we struggling. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we all agree that without Remy's first half, we probably lose that game. I don't know. It would have been interesting to see how the second half went. But, yeah, it was what I would – weirdly, it's like the Remy – it might be – well, we'll get to some other Remy moments. But, like, when I think back on Remy's march, like that little stretch in the first half might be what, like, sticks to me the most just because it was kind of – it was so fun. AB, I see you making a face. We'll get to the other moments, but – you, you know what I mean. That was like – that was big for Remy to do that. Yeah, well, in a way, because I think it was like kind of – you guys mentioned it a little bit, but it was a little bit surprising. Like, we weren't yeah. fully sold on it. But, I mean, I know I was in this boat. Braden, I think you were too. Ryan, I know you were nervous as hell for that game. But once I saw the first five minutes or so and we just looked like, what are we doing out here? When Remy just started going nuts, I just couldn't help but laugh. Like, I wasn't even, like, excited. I was just like, holy shit, like – where was this all season? What like what is happening right now? He's literally not even hitting rim, just straight uh, butter every single time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, shouts to Remy. Yep. It. Uh, all right. That's. I mean, we'll we'll talk more Remy. Let's let's move on. Number eight. Same game. I think AB. The same game, and I had to fight my ass off to keep this one up here. Um, <laughs> if I told you guys that we were up by one with a minute left in the game in the second round. We'd all be terrified until one thing happened. 
maybe we got a little bit lucky. It wasn't like the coolest play we made. It wasn't the most impressive play we made. But Ochai Steele down for the dunk is number eight on the list. Kind of similar to his lob against Providence. Kind of felt like that really shifted the momentum. I mean, we had none up to that point. Creighton yeah. was just kind of coming along, coming along. Felt like we, we weren't going to do anything. And if we gave up a bucket to Creighton in that possession, I don't think we win. So the stop, <laughs> steal, go get a bucket, go up three, and just kind of cruise from there with free throws. I think there was 55 seconds left when he dunked it. So, like, to me, that was huge because if that doesn't happen, I'm not convinced we're talking about a natty. We might be talk- We might be three weeks into the postseason talking about another first-round exit for the Hawks. So... Ain't no seats curse could have been well and alive. So, uh, yeah, I that's just it, it's like one of the few I, things I'll remember from that game, and I think it deserves a spot on the list. I had it at ten. Don't act like I had it off the list. It mm-hmm. was I had it at ten. I felt and B turn. <laughs> we'll get your quick thoughts on it, but I felt like it was I don't know. It was more of like a relief to me than it was like a moment that shot me out of my seat and had me fired up. It was kind of like oh thank God, like because Creighton just gave us that ball. Like we didn't go out and make the play, but you're right. We that won us the game. I'm not sure we win. Uh, if Creighton goes and scores there, that team we were looking tight. If Creighton goes and scores there, we we very may well be doing a meltdown pod still to this day, three four weeks later. <laughs> yeah, um, it felt like our offense was kind of in a funk there too, um, and Creighton had just hit like a desperation three at the end of the shot clock, and they obviously hit a ton of threes the whole day. So yeah, it was like a it was just a relief because Oach's uh, dunk got us up three. So it's like Creighton couldn't really come down and take the lead. Like you at least have a little room for air there. Like if yeah. Creighton comes down and gets a bucket, but yeah, Oach's steal and dunk was massive. And he, I, I don't know what was up with him with the breakaway left-handed dunks late in the year, but he stressed me out every time. I don't know why he dunks left-handed, but it worked. But Let's All not right. say let's not like act like a relief is a bad thing though. Like that can be just as good as like an exciting dunk or crazy three. I mean, survive in True. advance. That's what I say about the tournament. And yeah, I mean well, I kind of yeah. said all I had all I had on it, but I don't know. So, okay. Providence, Creighton, we've done some moments from those games, but boys, as Christian Brown said, as the as the fellas said throughout the tournament, you don't come to Kansas to play in second round games you don't come to kansas to play in sweet 16 games you don't even come to kansas to win elite eight games you come to kansas to play in the final four and number seven on the list dave's dunk all over jermaine samuels against villanova late in the second half i don't quite think it was a dagger but because we were still terrified of losing just because we're scarred and you know it felt like they were gonna really get that game close but it was kind of a moment where it was like, oh my, Big Dave is a different animal here in New Orleans. And he had already played great was the main reason we had won that game. But it was kind of like the exclamation point that Dave put on to be like, look, I just dominated and uh, we're going to the national title game. So number seven, I love the moment. Yeah. And I almost want this to be higher. Like it's kind of, we have a couple more Dave moments coming up and I kind of was couldn't decide between that and the next moment we're going to talk about him just because it's Dave dunking. Like we don't see it much. (laughs) Dave will pull the, get it around the rim, wait for a guy, go up, lay it up. But to actually see him dunk on someone, I think I tweeted about it. Like I nearly shit myself. Like I, it was insane just to see him punch on someone, obviously in that big of a game. And Dave was unbelievable in new Orleans. 
You've made that joke like three times. I, I thought you were kind of kidding the first couple of times, but now I genuinely think you might have actually almost soiled yourself. So <laughs> shout out to Dave. AB, you got anything on the Dave dunk? Not too much to add except for um, just the fact that that's kind of what we've been asking for out of him for four years. To yeah. see him finally do it in that big of a spot, just kind of like we said and, with a few other things, it was like surprising to see, but it was also sick. So like you know, and it, yeah, that's kind of like what I was saying. It like validated kind of what the fan base has been begging for. It was like, look what this dude can do when he's actually locked in and playing aggressive like that. So um, uh, it was it was sixty to fifty with ten minutes when he dunked on Samuels. Yeah. So, so yeah, and, and Samuels is a big dude, like. Yeah. Um, it's not like he dunked on a little guard or something like that. And, and it was just a big moment, too, because Villanova had been answering all of our punches that half, I feel like. Or maybe you could say vice versa, but Nova came out hitting threes. And they were that's not, just that's a huge yeah. momentum swing right there, especially when it's Dave dunking on someone. They weren't going to go away. Um, they kind of had it under single digits. And I think this is a good little transition. B turn. Take us into number six. Do you know what the score will tell us the moment? And then if you know what the score was when this happened, that would be great. But yeah, we probably should have prepped a little more and maybe known the scores and stuff. But I, I do believe I'm pretty positive. We were up nine before this moment happened. And the offense was kind of like sputtering at the time. It was like, we, we were dribbling around, like taking the shot clock deep uh, down to like five seconds, getting up terrible shots. So Dewan had it up top and found CB on the left wing and one of the wettest shots in basketball history. But at the uh, at the buzzer, he hit a three to go up twelve. And there's still four minutes left, so if, and the offense was struggling. So it's like if that's in single digits, you never know. But I feel like that. I mean, that's definitely a relief moment, and that's a huge shot in KU history. It, uh, yeah, that that shot to me, that feels like the shots that teams that go on to win the championship, they're making those shots throughout the tournament where it feels like you're close to – because if he misses that shot or even throws up an air ball, which is very possible, it's a shot clock violation. Nova crowds into it. Our team starts to tighten up a little bit. Um, But he drains it. And, like, that's the difference between momentum completely shifting to Villanova to get it to a six-point game to us going up 12 and really – really the game the game being over so i just i'll always look back on that moment as one it was a it was relief but two it was also just the first moment i willingly was like we're going to the national title game like holy shit we are actually gonna play on monday night this team's gonna play on monday night so it couldn't have been perfect dude that's what cb does he just like makes the big plays when you need it yeah, um, it was it was sixty eight fifty nine at that moment. So yeah, we're up single digits, and we had been waiting on CB to do something that whole game. You tweeted yeah. like the whole second half. We're just waiting on a CB <laughs> moment, and he hit that three, hit another three from the right corner, and he made a floater late. So he he's pretty damn he was pretty good down the stretch for us this year. I remember the OU game in Norman where yeah. he hit a big time three. He, yeah, it feels like he's the guy that likes to put the like the final. I don't know the dagger. I guess he's nail the guy the that kind of, the nail in the coffin. There we go. It just seemed like if we were going to get, wasn't necessarily always a game winner, but it was always kind of like the moment where you were like, "All right, this game's over. Thanks, CB. You finished them." So, um, yeah, great moment. AB, anything on that? Not really, but I'll go ahead and go to number five if you guys are ready for that one. Let's roll. I love this moment. You could, you could, uh, you could argue. <laughs> just go ahead. I don't want to spoil it. It is great. Oh, uh, this is going to be the last one that's not 
in uh, New Orleans, um, just because, yeah. you know, those moments mean a little more. Uh, but we think back to the Miami game. Early in the second half, we'd kind of gone on a run. We're up by five. It's 45-40. Dave goes up, gets fouled, somehow puts it in. And it's not even the and one that I remember. It's him just stomping like he's LeBron James on the baseline. <laughs> the crowd's going nuts in Chicago. The Dave and one against Miami to go up seven and then eight after the TV timeout. Just an yeah. insane moment. We tweeted out that video, absolute numbies, because it's just so <laughs> loud. You can hear how pumped the KU, KU crowd is there in Chicago. Braden, yeah. I know you were there. We've talked about it a few times, how into it they were. And it might have been the loudest reaction of the tournament for KU fans, just based on like the Superdome being spread out and more teams being there. But um, yeah, what a moment. Another one for Dave. I'm sure we'll go back to him soon. Yeah, and the buildup to that is what made it even better because it's like KU's going on this crazy run and you're just waiting on that building to explode. And Dave, I think he had a dunk early in the half and he obviously finished that and one there. But yeah, the buildup was crazy and that second half was just absurd, 47 to 15. But yeah, you even AB, you mentioned it, how loud it sounded on TV, but the United Center was just insane after he made that layup. Yeah. I uh, the reason I love this too is because, like AB said, it's not necessarily the end one. Well, I mean, it was crazy because if he doesn't get that, we, we blew a layup, I think, right before it. So it's like so frustrating if we don't get that because it still was an important moment of the game. But the fact that we got the end one, and like I feel like all kind of season, I don't know, I think even you, B turn, had said something like crowd's got to show up better like we really haven't had a great showing in this tournament so far like we really need to show out and thursday or not thursday sunday <laughs> oh my god i can't do a podcast because these guys are sitting here watching <laughs> baseball what do you do homer that's a plus 950 up your ass okay that's fair <laughs> ab just ab just won a big bet so we'll let it slide Nice little ten dollars on it, but hey, that's crazy. He hits another homer. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry. That's my top moment of the tournament run. Salvi's second home run in a meaningless April game against the Cardinals. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, the Dave and one versus Miami. The pop the crowd gave. The moment I think you can look back and maybe not at that exact moment, but now in retrospect, rewatching that game, the game was over from that point on the Hawks were rolling. You knew they were going to the final four. They had completely <laughs> taken over the game. So uh, yeah, that's number five. We're into the top four here. B turn. Do you have anything else on the Miami Dave and one? No, I was just going to say, I mean, that first half was so stressful. And then even second half, we, I was so worried it was going to end up being free throws that costed us because we could not make a free throw that game. But, yeah, yeah, Dave making the and one, making the free throw, and, yeah, it was over from that point. Yeah, and just, like, nothing funnier than watching Big Dave, like like AB said, but him just stomping around. I saw a picture of it yesterday, just, just in all, like one of those moments that I, I think outside of Final Four moments, if you're going to see something go on the intro video or something, it's, it's not necessarily going to be the layup. It's going to be Dave celebrating and walking over to the bench. Like, I can already just see it, uh, the Haney call behind it or something. I don't know. Just great moment. And, yeah, it's crazy to see all the all the Dave talk we're giving. We're giving it here. So, let's move on. This is not Dave. We're in the Final Four. Uh, and I like this moment because I think people all tournament had said, "Is o what's wrong with Ochai? Where's Ochai gone? 
why, why, why he he'd been fine. He'd made some big plays. We'd we'd set him the lob, the the steal, the dunk, like, but he had not been normal Ochai. And so the concern was like, man, was he tired? Is he is he just in a slump? Is he ever gonna get out of it? That man came out number four, Villanova. The first he starts six for six total, but we're just calling it the four threes to start the game in the first what five to seven minutes against Villanova. Not only does he make four threes, he doesn't touch the rim. And the fourth one was one of the wetter shots I've ever seen in my entire life. And it just in a matter of five minutes, he silenced every critic, every doubter every person that had worries about Ochai going into the final four, whether or not he could be the assassin we all wanted him to be. He just went in and did it. And it was like as fun of a five to seven minute stretch you can get from a single player. I think, I don't know. B turn. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of worried too, going into it because obviously Jay Wright and his teams obviously guard super well. And, I know Ocha is one of the best players in the country, but he just kept stressing how good Ochai is, how good Ochai is. So it's like I knew they were going to be all over him on that on defense, and he just came out and could not miss, and ended up being six for seven from three and six for eight from the floor. So, and they came late in the second half, like he missed a mid range and then missed another wide open three that you would have thought would would have gone in. But yeah, against Miami, I think he hit like two threes, but you're still waiting for that breakout performance from him because he was obviously one of the best players in the country. But, yeah, those shots in the first half were, and like you said, wet, and none of them really hit the rim, I don't think. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. It, there was uh, another moment, like I said, with Remy when I just started laughing, kind of. Like, we were excited as hell. But like from the jump in that game, you kind of had a feeling we were going to win. And it was kind of just sitting back and enjoying it for the most part. So just seeing all those, it was like one after another, just like, holy shit. Like this is like college players don't do that. That's like an NBA kind of run that we saw from Ochai there. And it was just unbelievable to watch. Yeah, it was like like Clay Thompson type shooting. Just when the second it was released, you knew it was wet. Like it was just uh, and the thing that 
also great about that is you said it. We kind of knew we were going to win that game as we got started, but also it was like it turned into instead of winning the game, it's like how can we get ultimate revenge on Villanova? So for him to come out and have that hot of a start after what they did to us, uh, what, four years prior was just perfect revenge. It wasn't quite as bad. I mean, we ended up winning by the same amount of points, I think. So mm-hmm. we can call it revenge. wasn't the same, but it was – it was close. We we built up, we built up quite the lead. So, all right, B turn, take us to number three. Um, one of the sequences we just love talking about. We AB tweeted it, and it's just an all time KU moment. Obviously, we were down fifteen at half, and we were just waiting for the Superdome to explode and us to kind of get comfortable um, as fans and. Uh, the uh, Remy Remy hits a three, and then Dewan picks up. I forget who it was. Maybe Caleb Love picks him up yeah. full court, rips him from behind, and then they get it up to Jalen, who finishes the and one. Um, yeah. <laughs> finishes the and one, and the building the building just goes nuts. And KU built a six. They had a six point lead there by the ten minute mark when they were down fifteen at half, which is insane. What are we laughing at, boys? <laughs> Rips him from behind. <laughs> we're, we're, we're six years old. That was but... a little suspect. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, yeah, me and AB have talked about this sequence many times. It's, it will go down as one of the most fun 20 second. No, not, not even. Like, what do you think the actual timeline of seconds that went by for it? Remy Legitimately, like in, six. It was crazy because they were literally showing Danny Manning celebrating the three. And before you know it, Jalen has the ball going up for a layup and gets fouled. Like, oh, it was, and it was like, it made it even better that Jalen had clanked every layup he'd put up up to that point. So, like, you see him on the break and you're like, oh, boy, here we go. And then he just goes straight at Baycott. Baycott kind of turns away, goes in. And, I mean, the Dave pop against Miami was obviously pretty good from the crowd, but, like, that pop when that went because we just went up we went up six in a mat we were down 15 and we were up six in a matter of seconds like just crazy yeah and we had been we just been i feel like all of our fans at halftime obviously were like just chip away just chip away and we got it yeah we got up six with 10 minutes left and there's nothing i love more than when the building's all pumped up there's a timeout called and then you come out and hit the free throw and then the building's back in it again. So for Jalen to finish, make the free throw. And then Remy's three, obviously that was really what got him going there in the second half. I believe that was the first shot he hit in that half. And there was a guy right in his face in the corner, kind of jab stepped, pulled the three. And then Remy was unbelievable for the rest of that game. You mentioned it like with coming out of a timeout, hitting the free throw, the crowd gets back into it. There might be nothing I like watching more, especially in college games, but like, after that kind of scenario or like a big bucket, but like you slowly see the crowd start to like stand up like row by row. And And just like, especially in Allen, it's awesome seeing it in like a super dome environment when there's 70,000 people in there and just like slowly everybody's on their feet. It's like a slow clap with standing up. I I love it now in Fieldhouse when we're still like different from this scenario. It's more of like, we may be down like seven and we get an and one to cut it to four or cut it to three, and then it's like you're in the middle of the comeback, but you, the crowd slowly standing up, is like letting the players on the court know, like, okay, 
this game's about to shift. Like you can just feel the game shifting simply from all those people standing up. And yeah, I mean, to see it in a place like the Superdome is obviously bananas, but I don't want to move on from this moment because this is where we had some tough, it was tough decision-making for the list because originally on my list, I had simply put CB first 10 minutes of the second half. So that was a really long stretch to put a moment. So we all agreed we'll, we'll leave it off. But when we talk about the sequence, we don't get this sequence without the absolute madman start that CB had in the second half where he just went ballistic. Like the dude, re-watch, I've rewatched that like 10 minute spurt now, like two or three times since then. And it just, every time that guy got the ball, it felt like he just dribbled up the court and got an easy layup. Like he was just, nobody was stopping him. And that really was what shifted the entire game. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like it just brought a ton of energy to the team and like electricity to the building. Yeah. Like just cause you're so worried when you're down 15 and a half, it's like, what if it gets to 20 or what if you don't chip away right away? Like what if you don't chip away at the 15 point lead right away? But yeah, CB came out and was relentless couple of those came off one defensively uh, leading to steals. And yeah, I think he made like two, he made two tough layups and then he made, he drove to the rim on leaky black, uh, kind of got deflected, caught it, tipped it back in. So yeah. yeah, he was really damn good for a span there to start the second half. Yeah. And I mean, when, when CB starts yelling expletives at, at the journalist on the sidelines, like, you know, the game's completely shifting. Like that was kind of the, uh, all year when you saw CV start to do that, you could that it seemed like that was always when the momentum was shifting towards Kansas. So yeah, we we didn't include it on the list because we thought it may be too long, and, and frankly, there was just a lot of really good things from this tournament, um, but had to be talked about because without without CV going on that little stretch to get us started in the second half, we don't I'm not sure we get a Remy Dewan Jalen moment because the game could have been over at that point. So we also don't get the tweet of the year. Uh, I forgot who it was, but Iman, someone tweeted Iman, from the Iman yeah. Brennan. He's like Christian Brown just stared directly at me and yelled "bitch" or something along those lines. <laughs> Looked me straight in the funny. eyes and called me a bitch. <laughs> just so funny. like I uh, I had a friend text me like, "Did does Christian Brown have?" beef with Brennan I was like no I literally just think Christian Brown will look at whoever he sees first on the sidelines and call them a pitch if he feels like it because that's doesn't matter nobody's safe when CB is cooking like he was so uh yeah I didn't even didn't even mention that uh when we talked about the three against Nova I believe that's when he yelled it yelled yes. the B word at Nova's bench and made it on uh, uh that was the one shining moment clip right I think both of them got in there. I could be wrong. There are definitely two little one-second splurts of CB. I mean, how much something. would you hate CB if you were an opposing team? Heavily. Imagine if he comes back next year. Which him and him and Grady Dick. Oh my god. <laughs> some some dude was joking around the other day saying, "What if Drew Timmy transferred to KU and we had CB and Drew Timmy?" I think I might hate that team. Like, <laughs> I'm kidding. I would pay a large sum of money for that to happen, but. Don't they would so. go what thirty-one and zero, and then not be able to participate in the tournaments. <laughs> hey, <laughs> somebody in the YouTube comments got mad at us for saying we uh, we were going to get a tourney ban or whatever. I don't know. I we might. Just, we'll see. We'll let it all fold out. But <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, all right. we'll stick to that game. Uh, number two on the list. Two forty-five to go in the game. It's tied at sixty-five. And Remy Martin just goes all Kyrie Irving. Step back three over Baycott. I don't know how he got it over him. 
but just an insane shot. And maybe, I don't know if I'm different from you guys. Like when I think back in 10 years and remember that game, I'll probably remember the stretch we just talked about more than the Remy three itself. Maybe I'm just crazy. Cause I've already, I always like thinking back to the game now, like I seem to forget about it at times. Um, but it's insane. It gave us the lead. We did give it up a minute later, whatever, but it kind of, you know, got us back into it. Cause for a second there, and I'm sure you guys are the same. I'm sure a lot of KU fans are the same. My dad and I were just talking about this. It feels like a lot of the time when teams are down big, they'll come back and they'll get there. And then they'll just like, they use all their energy to get there. Baylor, Baylor against exactly. North Carolina. Yeah. They'll yeah. tie it. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, oh shit, we finally did it. We finally got to what we wanted. And then the last couple minutes of the game, they'll let it slide. So that yeah. shot was huge. Go up three, two and a half to go. A little more than that. And it does suck that that shot. I mean, we'll remember it forever just because it it was kind of like what we had said all year. Like, who's going to go get the shot late in the shot clock when we need a bucket in a big game? Like, we were begging all season for it to be Remy and to see it finally come true over Baycott. The more you watch a shot, the harder it looks every time. Like, just such a tough shot to make. The thing that does suck about it is in the moment when it initially happened, it kind of felt like, oh, my God. Like, we were, I remember thinking, we're going to win. Like, we're going to win. And then they came right back and answered. Next thing you know, we're down one. So it won't live on as much as a legendary play as it potentially could have if we get a defensive stop and then score again since they came back, took the lead. But, like, as we current stand a week later, like, that shot is just ins- – I, I can't stop watching the clip on Twitter of it. Yeah, and it's just it just describes Remy in a nutshell. Like, he just doesn't care. He loves the moment. And to make a – shot like that step back over Armando Baycott one of the biggest guys on the floor is just insane and I don't know about you guys but I I've probably watched that shot over a hundred (laughs) times I mean just clips on Twitter just re-watching it re-watching it and it's it's just all net too like you can hear the sound of it Um, it's just so pleasing to watch like it's just a textbook jumper even though Remy doesn't have the most the prettiest shot but far from uh yeah yeah and, and then I guess, I, yeah, go ahead, B-turn. I guess just to talk about Remy down the stretch a little more is just the block shot against Caleb Love, where he would have had a wide open layup, and yeah. Remy made the really tough left-handed layup, and then I think he made another three in the corner. But yeah, you can, I think you can easily argue that Dave's shots were huge, and in a bigger moment, but the difficulty of Remy's shot, like compared to Dave's just little hooks, yeah, you could easily argue that it's the number one, at least number one moment of our tournament run. You could make the argument, even though Dave's shots were later and yeah. more important. But, yeah, to give us a three-point lead there just felt incredible. Yeah. I mean, nobody's ever spoiled the number one pick more than uh turn <laughs> just did there. But, yeah, we've said what I'll we can say about I'll give you guys one guess. Yeah. Uh, I love that Bill trusts them to take that shot. I love that Bill trusts them to be on the floor. So it was just a great – uh, perfect way for Remy's final shot of his Kansas career. Like that's just we've we've talked about it forever. It's an incredible storyline to see it all lay out the play it out play out the way it did was awesome. But all right, let's move on. Number one, the best moment from the tournament run. It's kind of a mixture, but I'm just gonna say Big Dave's turnaround hooks to one take the lead and two put us up three. Um, in the national title game. And it's like we said it, we talked last episode, and it kind of like literally gave me chills talking about it. 
we ran, I don't know if it was the exact same play, but it was pretty dang close. We ran the almost exact play to Dave that we did in Dayton, first loss of the season. Remy ran to the wrong spot, caused Dave to get crowded. Dave commits a charge. We lose the game. Twitter melts down. Why is Dave in the game? Why is Dave getting the ball? Why are we force-feeding Dave? You come full circle, end of the year. I know me, AB, my basement, we were begging for the ball to go to Dave in that moment. And to think that that's in just a short few months that we're going to Dave in the biggest moment of the biggest game that we will watch for a long time. Uh, and the fact that he delivers, it's just, we, we've said it, it'll be on the, the highlight video, him doing the fist pump down the court after he makes the second one. Just a, a great moment. There's a picture of it that's for sure going to be framed somewhere. Like, it's it's great. And it's like when you make the argument for whether or not Dave should be in the rafters, which I think will be an argument people have for a few months. Um, it's just, it's perfect to see it all in like that. So that's, I think it's clear. Number one, it has to be, I don't know what else could be. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, two big shots, like you said, it was nice that, I mean, I don't want to be an asshole, but having manic on him instead of Baycott was huge. Cause I yeah. don't know if, I don't know if we go that direction if Baycott doesn't, you know, if the floor doesn't act like a trampoline there at the end of the game or whatever the hell happened to his ankle. But yeah, the um, floorboard. But yeah, it's, it's hard to hard to say anything but that it should be number one. It's the one shining moment video at the end. It's yeah. It's, it's, so what do we do? Do we go to Remy in that moment? If, if Baycott's in, I think Bill would have still went to Dave. Probably. Um, but the first, like the first one he made um, to take the lead was just all effort and, just incredible effort by Dave to get it back. And you knew he wasn't passing anyone on the floor. And I think someone tweeted about the other day, like an underrated part of that play was Jalen coming baseline because it, it took Baycott. He took Baycott's attention. Baycott trying to uh, almost slid over there because he thought he's going to pass to Jalen and then took the lead and then gave us, obviously gave us another bucket to go up three. But yeah, just the, it's incredible to see the trust that, uh, Bill and the coaches have in Dave. Like I remember Bill saying during the year, like how they put all their eggs in one basket for Dave and they're just going to ride with him. And he didn't like Bill didn't go away from his word. He loved going into Dave and in clutch situations and giving him touches and just so happy for Dave, dude, like yeah. really should be in the rafters. He should have been MOP because he made the clutch shots and had the best stat line on our team. But our fans were so hard on him and, for him to help us, I mean, he won us a title. Like, he was so damn good in New Orleans in the semis and in the championship game. Isn't it kind of funny? And I know we've talked about his transformation a lot and, like, how he's viewed by the fans in his career here. But arguably, I mean, we've talked this is the biggest moment of the tournament run, but the first shot he hit where you said it was all effort, there's no way he was passing the ball. Yeah. That all three of us plus thousands and thousands of other KU fans across the country – that's the exact thing that we've bitched about him doing for three and a half seasons leading up to this. Yeah. It's just catching the ball and not kicking out to a wide open shooter and taking an extra dribble. And yeah. that's arguably, I mean, it gave us the lead and we didn't look back after that. So, I mean, just there will, I don't know if we will ever, and I've, I've said this throughout his career, like I don't know if we will ever have another player that gives you the experience Dave McCormick does because that man, when he's on, was so good and could score in a variety of ways like he he was really good you'd watch him and you'd be like this dude is an all-american and then <laughs> there were times where you were like how does this man play at the division one level like I mean, there it was, was the gap was crazy there correct me if i'm wrong but there was multiple times we got on this pod this year and ryan just goes 
Dave's really good again. <laughs> like there was multiple times he did that. So yeah, he looks so good some games and we said it all year. Like he was so freaking good in the biggest games and yeah. you got to give him so much credit. Like it makes me so happy for him and maybe we'll get him for another year. Hey, we laid it out on like, get him an NIL deal. Um, he'll come back preseason big 12 player of the year, preseason all American. He'd be loved until the first game of the year where he scores four and <laughs> Has seven turnovers in this fan base. <laughs> Just kidding. We're, Dave has Dave is forever loved. I don't care what happens, even if he did come back next year and stunk. He's he's a legend forever. But uh, all right. Well, we got any uh, like honorable mentions or anything? I was going to ask. I, I've got one that's a sleeper that none of you guys have thought of, but one that I'm going to remember forever. And maybe it's not the most positive, but I think it made the game as a whole more positive. Dewan stepping out of bounds, I'm taking that as a good thing because just knowing what we know now, just hold on, stay with me for a second. Not for my health. Well, here's the thing. Well, if Dewan stays in bounds, he gets fouled, makes both free throws, UNC shoots a half court shot, it's over. Celebration is still cool, but the end of that game is not nearly as cool as it was to see it literally go down (laughs) to the final second. Now, it could have been disastrous. If Carolina makes that shot, we go on to lose in overtime. Uh, Things are going to be said, whether it's on this podcast or in your basement. But that didn't happen. So, And I said this before the game, too. Like I brought it up before it tipped off, and I asked everyone in the basement. Braden, I, I should have texted it, too. But I asked, would you guys rather have a game where it's back and forth, close throughout, and a super tight and exciting finish? or win by 30 points. And I said from the jump, win in a close, exciting game, because those are just going to be like, you're going to remember that more. Like, you're always going to remember a natty, but if you win by 30, it's kind of like you're almost celebrating with 15 minutes left to go in the game rather than waiting until the final two seconds when the ball doesn't go in. I I agree. That moment of pure just excitement when Caleb Love's shots missed made it made it so much better to win that way but i don't know what do you have b turn <laughs> i was just gonna say hawks would have covered um if dewan oh, if dewan would have made the free throws but that play all around was insane i think dewan might have turned it over no matter what um because he, he just threw it up like before the whistle even came i think and then i don't know i was thinking i know it's texas southern but just remy keeping the momentum going from the big 12 tournament some of the no look passes he had against texas southern um, I think Remy in the first half against Providence was um, pretty underrated moment too. Like we could not score at all. We gave up like 18 points in the first half and we were only up like 11. And then we, it was pretty out of reach at this point, but Ocha's corner three against Miami, just cause he had been struggling for a little bit. He wasn't hitting jumpers in the tournament. Um, and that really, I mean, we, that definitely sealed. <sighs> that the game. was good because he missed the layup. Jalen got the re- incredible rebound, and Bill gave a fist pump. So, yeah, if someone's going to come at us, it'll probably be that moment that we missed. But Well, there's uh, one – we talked about the beginning of the Villanova game. The beginning of the Carolina game, now it obviously got swept away pretty quickly because we lost the lead, but Oach hit a three in the first 15 seconds. Dave had like a little 15-footer. We're up 7-0 within two seconds. And then I still believe to this moment – if Dewan shoots that layup and we go up 9-0, we win that game by 117 points. We were saying that in the moment. Like, Dewan had a wide-open layup to go up 9-0. He passes on it. We turn it over. They immediately hit a three. Like, yeah. it – yeah. It uh, – whatever. It 
We won. Didn't matter. I'm glad it went the way it did. It was the most mm-hmm. memorable. Like we couldn't have scripted really a more exhilarating way to win the national title. So. We won the natty twice in our minds. We thought we True. won it when we got the ball four seconds left, and then True. Little People did we forget know. that two times. Bill Self has three rings. Um, four 2020, baby. Oh, true. Okay. Um, <laughs> Start counting dude, up one away from K. I read a message board last night that this dude is convinced that 2020 got canceled because of Coach K. I don't hate that theory. That's actually my burner account. Because <laughs> he was the, he was like the first one that really taught, like he took his team out of the tournament. It wasn't the rest of the globe getting shut down. <laughs> yeah, week. it was. Uh, it wasn't the whole global pandemic where uh, thousands and thousands lost their jobs and lives. Uh, but hey, <laughs> I can respect a good coach. Curry. I'm all for a yeah. Coach K conspiracy yeah. theory. But all right, let's wrap this up. Um, like we said, don't take our rankings too serious. This is really just an excuse for us to get on here and. Uh, talk about the Hawks, talk about the run, talk about memorable plays. Cause you do in a, in a six game stretch, you it's easy to forget things. So um, it was great. It was a, it was like just a really fun way of recapping it all, getting, making sure we got everything out there before we move on. Maybe next week we'll do like a off season kind of look ahead to next year's lineup because a lot of big decisions to be made. Or AB shaking his head, we could just keep celebrating. We'll just keep talking about the Natty. <laughs> yeah. We, we're uh, not going to be worried about 2023 until like week four of football. Yeah. It's it's an amazing feeling to just not even be stressed about next year because I'm just so excited that we won the Natty. Like, I'm sure we're going to um, transfer in here in the next couple months. And like, we're, we are some of the biggest KU fans you could find, but I don't know how you guys feel, but this has almost made me like a bigger KU fan. Like, it's, <laughs> Obviously, I mean, it makes me want like more natties and like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. But, but I've, like, I've said this to AB and we're getting on a tangent here and I want to wrap this up. I've said, I've said this to AB before. I weirdly, and this could be sound idiotic, but like the way Alabama football does it, it would be awesome. It would be awesome. But there is a something about the feeling we had when Caleb Love missed that shot that I don't care what you say, Alabama football fans have not felt that same feeling in a long time. They love – like, they them winning the national title now is like relief and a flex, whereas we just purely were so happy that we won the national title. I don't know. Like, I don't want us to take 14 and 20-year breaks anymore, but I uh, – Look, do you're just... not wrong, but we can confirm that you're looking for a first-round exit next year. I'm not, but I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be that mad. I'll be mad, but it's like, whatever. We won the Natty. Who cares? <laughs> that is my like response to everybody for the next at least 15 months. We won the Natty. Who cares? Talk to me in 2024. But, I like it. All right. Great episode. Let's wrap this up. Love we going will... over the moments. I want to yeah. milk this Natty as long as we can. Let's make a top 10 moments of the whole season tomorrow (laughs) all right sounds good well that's it folks thank you for listening uh people forget the hawks are national champs and uh we'll be back next week to talk uh who knows probably more national champs talk rock john everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.